0: Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm your host. With me this week are my amazing, stupendous, colossal, just absolutely uncanny, uh, faded and feared by a world that needs them. Uh, I, I guess they're the X-Men at this point. What, I don't funny. know what's happening, but it's Liz and, and Joe. So hi, guys. Howdy. Hello. Yes, Joe is even sounding like a superhero. He's like Wolverine this week.
1: <sighs> sure. We'll, go, well, I'm about the right height. I'm 5'4". So we'll yeah, actually, was,
0: <laughs> I think he's like five foot. I think Wolverine, I think Wolverine might man. be 5'3". Yeah. Yeah. Joe's a little too tall for Wolverine, but oh well. Yeah, I'm Wolverine and lifts, that's fine. <laughs> but uh yeah, we, we usually do top stories and a few things have happened. I honestly I'm gonna be up front, I fogged out this week. Like I couldn't think of anything and Liz was like, No, all this is going on. And then as I, I was should,
1: to, I think Liz should be the one that brings all that up then.
0: Yeah, well, as I was gonna say, uh while <laughs> Am I giving I,
2: myself I, a job?
0: <laughs> no, don't worry about it. As <laughs> as you were as you sent all that to me, I then found out the one thing that I really wanted to bring up, which was that it's been two weeks in the WoW uh, classic season of mastery. They've someone's killed Ragnaros already. Yeah. So, I'm the not first surprised. I just remember we the whole point of this was <laughs> to try and make this take longer, and you successfully made it take an extra week. Wow, <laughs> 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 I, f- I feel like that that that's not quite the, the return on investment we were hoping for, but I still think it's kind of funny and cool, quite frankly, because I think there's always going to be the problem that. Unless you go in and put in whole new mechanics that people don't know about. Yeah. People already know all this stuff. The reason it took so long to clear these raids back in the day was we didn't know anything about them.
1: Yeah. We had no idea what we were doing. We had to figure it out on the fly and we didn't have central resources. We talk about that all the time.
0: Yeah. We we, we we didn't. Go
1: ahead.
0: Uh, we literally jammed our faces into the meat grinder to see exactly how it was grinding our faces off. And that then, was how we did it.
1: And then hopefully you found a message board or uh, something that had like forums that had strategies that were a- applicable to your particular makeup or guild structure so that you could actually follow it. Because that was the other thing is classes mattered back then because everything was so ding dang unique. Uh, you needed specific classes for specific roles so you had to figure out what they needed to do on each of those fights because each time it was different. It was
0: weird back then, and now everybody knows a whole lot of stuff because that, that communal <laughs> knowledge has been around for a while. Yeah, So, but that's that's happened. I thought that should be mentioned. <clears throat> um, we keep getting told that the PTR for WoW patch 9.2 is coming soon, TM. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen over the, the Thanksgiving break due to a, a few reasons, uh, the Thanksgiving break itself and the reason that that might have happened. Um we don't know when the WoW PTR is gonna be out. It could be this week. In fact, it's very likely to be happening tomorrow because that's the kind of thing that happens when we do a podcast is they almost immediately drop <laughs> the thing the day after.
1: Well I guess well, um, well the question is when does Endwalker drop?
0: Yeah. I don't <laughs> so, think that's the thing that that Liz brought up actually. We've got a lot of new MMO stuff coming in the next couple of months. And people are like, you know, when's WoW gonna counter program? I've never prescribed to the theory that WoW counter programs because I don't think they're organized enough to counter program. Uh, plus, a lot of people on the WoW team play other games.
1: I just think it's funny. I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't ascribe anything to it. I don't think it's legit. I'm gonna make sure that that's in the recording and and memorialized forever. I just think it's funny because it's that's what everybody says and everybody gets on about it. Like, when is it going to release? I don't know. Look, when this other MMO is going to release. Then we'll know what's going on. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm with Matt on this one. They, there's no way that they it's organized specifically like that unless they're like intentionally sitting on something that's completed for months waiting. No, no, no.
2: And the other thing is there are so many MMO expansions coming out in December. It's like you would have to explicitly like go out of your way to pick one where there's not something happening. Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker, December 7th. EverQuest, Terror of December 7th. Star Wars, The Old Republic, The Legacy of the Sith, December 14th. And then we have Guild Wars, which is going through beta testing for its expansion, End of Dragons, which is due out in February. So Warframes
1: there got there something coming so out much- on the 15th as well.
2: There's so much going on. There's like no time in December where WoW could release something where you couldn't oh, wow. say it's counter-programming.
0: EverQuest and EverQuest 2 are launching expansions in December too. Yep. EverQuest 2 is also doing one. Yeah. I wrote a post about that a while back about how both EverQuest oh. and EverQuest 2 are putting expansions out this year. Yep. Huh. I, think they're, I think it's the 21st for uh, the, the EverQuest 2 expansion. December 7th, according to the, oh. the internets. Are you sure that's not Terror of lookland Oh, maybe. I yeah, think that's Terror of Yeah, you're right. I think the other one's the 21st. I don't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, there's a ton of stuff coming out that isn't WoW, uh, which is, you know, there's always been a lot of stuff coming out that isn't WoW, and I'm not surprised that there's more. WoW is an interesting place in that it has always taken WoW longer to do expansions than just about anybody else. Uh, And now part of that is the fact that some games, what they call expansions, are not as extensive as what WoW calls expansions um yeah. everquest and everquest 2 for example they will put out what we would consider a big patch and they will call it an expansion that's just something that they're up to like 20 something i think it's 27 for everquest and twenty-twenty-one 21 or 22 for everquest I, yeah. used...
2: hmm? uh-huh. sorry, was... uh, I actually have this written down this is the 28th expansion for everquest
0: yeah. So it's 28 Forever Quest and something like it's, it's like I think 21, 22 Forever Quest 2. Um, they, they put out a lot of expansions. Now, again, some of those expansions would not, they would not seem expansion y to us. They would, if you're a World of Warcraft player primarily, you'd be like, what? Wow. That's not how, you know.
1: Wow's an order of magnitude bigger than all of them, not just in scope of like player base or anything like that, but it, it like Matt's pointing out. Our expansions are, are much larger than other MMOs because think about what we get during a, an air quotes here expansion. Usually, it's a whole new set of world or continents to explore, a whole new leveling experience, uh, usually new class features, usually some new core mechanic that we have to to figure out for that expansion. That's going to span the entire life of that expansion. Uh, You know, it's a lot of stuff that gets pushed there, and then there's content updates that go throughout it, and those content updates are usually closer to what other MMOs call expansions where we get a new raid and we get new other stuff like that. That's what happens with a lot of those. I think the only one that possibly comes close in scope of scale is Final Fantasy IV.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think FF fourteen has got pretty big expansions. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, while we're talking about all that, there's also the fact that there's stuff going on that's not anything to do with WoW, but that is actually Blizzard-related that we should talk about. Uh, Diablo Season 24 is literally ending this week. Um, I think it's the fourth. fourth?
2: It's the the weekend. It's Sunday.
0: Yeah. So that's happening. Uh, then, then my birthday comes and then there are two, two expansions for big MMOs on my birthday, because that has to happen every so often. Uh, I still remember when cataclysm came out on my birthday and obviously it was not the expansion I wanted it to be because that's just how my life works with my birthday presents. But, uh, Diablo like I said, Diablo three season 24 is ending. We don't know when season 25 is going to start. Um, I, I would put money on it being five days later like if 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 we wanted to bet I mean, and I would put in like say five ten bucks because I'm broke but I would put five or ten bucks down on season 25 being the Friday after uh, which would make it I think the 10th yeah it would be the 10th that's that's my guess right now until they make an announcement the next most likely is 12 days after uh, which would make it instead of it being the the tenth it would be the uh, 22nd I think yeah I'm, I'm not really great at counting um, no, it would be seven days more. So it would be the 17th. Those, those are the uh, two options that I see. Um, but I, we don't know. I am looking forward to this. We talked a lot about the actual mechanics of this season uh, last week. So I'm not going to belabor that. But I do think it's really... I think that the the season experiment on Diablo 3 has been one of the most fascinating things I've seen a game of this type do. Because it is very rare for a game like Diablo 3 to be still relevant. You know... Years later, that game came out in 2012, this and it's going to be crazy. Crazy yeah, when you think about it. It's going to be relevant until 2022 at the late at the earliest. That there's no chance of us getting Diablo Four this year. There's probably no chance of us getting it in 2022. I mean, 2022, uh, and it's if it comes out in 2023, I would be pleasantly surprised. I think is the way to put it. um <laughs> So, Diablo Three is going to be relevant for at least the next year and a half if not the next 2 years. And if there's and I would not be surprised by a 2024 release date for Diablo 4 considering that the lead developers left this year. Um so yeah, I I that is a fascinating thing. And the the season experiment that has allowed it to continue to do this, that people are still playing Diablo 3, that we still talk about playing Diablo 3 like this many years in. It's going to be 12 years if it goes to 2024. That's pretty amazing. I mean, think about the fact that Diablo 3 came out when Diablo 2 was only 12 years old. So that's it. Think about the timescale here. There's been a lot of time, and it is really interesting to me to see that. Um, Okay, next up, I have no idea what's going on with Forge and Alterac at this point because I have not really looked at it, but luckily you're here and you can talk about it. (laughs) You also wanted to talk about the, the Tavern Brawl. Liz, because you actually mentioned the Tavern Brawl. So why don't you talk about the Tavern Brawl?
2: Well, I mean, anyone who plays Hearthstone knows that there is a Tavern Brawl every week, which is kind of a unique scenario that you play. Usually it's PvP, you play against another player, and they all have some sort of trick. They all have something weird about gameplay. And this week, it is one called um, the Top 2 Brawl. And what's interesting about this is... Instead of building a standard deck, which is 30 cards, you build a deck that's only two cards. You pick two cards from every card Hearthstone has released, and your entire deck is just these two cards. So I think this is a really interesting one because it's all about finding kind of unique synergies that you wouldn't get in normal gameplay. And it's an example of kind of the cool things they can do with these weekly brawls and make, take the same game, and make it something totally unique and different. Uh, of course, the problem with Brawls is sometimes they haven't maybe entirely thought them through, because, like, this one, there are certain card combinations where if you see your opponent playing that card combination, you concede on turn one and save yourself the time of being slaughtered, because after turn one, you're already dead. Um... the big one, of course, is anyone who plays Hearthstone will know what I'm talking about here, is Pogo Hopper, who, which is a, you know, mechanical bunny. Very friendly, right? Every time you play Pogo Hopper, you get plus two, plus two on that Pogo Hopper for every other Pogo Hopper you've played in the game. So in a normal game, you can have a maximum of two Pogo Hoppers in your deck, and while you can expand that, you can't expand it infinitely, and in something like the Take top two brawl you can expand it infinitely I think the best I did on turn one was like to have an eight eight Pogo hopper and like a six six Pogo hopper on the on the board at the same time maybe that was turn two I don't know it's just outrageous it's like you play the first turn and it's like there's no way to top that unless you're playing your own Pogo hopper deck and by the second turn you're already behind if your opponent went first so um like, I think brawls like this are both really interesting, but the Hearthstone, they would be better if the Hearthstone team paid a little more attention to these impossible card combinations that are just unbeatable.
0: Maybe if they'd put in, like, more cards, like if it had been three, and then they hadn't let the Pogo Hopper stack as much sort of thing? I mean, that seems kind like, of nuts.
2: There, there is a top three brawl also that sometimes rotates through that lets you just pick three cards. And they are actually able to ban cards from brawls like this. You can say, okay, you can't use this card. You can use everything except this card. And they just chose not to do it this time. So there are a few cards that if you have them, you just, you got this. You got this. Um, there's also Patches the Pirate is a big one that you see in brawls like this because whenever you play a pirate, it patches if he's in your deck is also summoned and put on your board immediately. It doesn't have to be in your hand. You just play a pirate, and Patches shows up to join that pirate. Except, in this case, half of your deck is pirates. Half of your deck is Patches. And the other half is probably another pirate card.
0: Does Patches count as a pirate?
2: Yes, Patches is a pirate. So if I you mean, play Patches your
0: Patches card, can you get another Patches for that card? Or can yes, it not be it, played? Oh, okay, so you can. Yeah.
2: Right. Except in except in normal, in normal gameplay, Patches is a legendary card, and you can only have one copy of each legendary card in your deck. So normally, not a big problem. But in things like this, big problem, because you play a pirate, and then all of a sudden your board is full of Patches. And Patches is a very small minion, he's a 1-1, but to get a board, a full board of these on turn one, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So, I really, brawls are sometimes my absolute favorite thing in Hearthstone, and sometimes they're my absolute least favorite thing in Hearthstone, because they're just, they can be kind of hit and miss, and sometimes you run into brawls that it's like, Okay, you know your opponent played one card, and now you're just you're doomed. There's nothing you can do for the rest of the brawl.
0: See, I, I should have gone and done something during that, so I could like sound smart and talk <laughs> about it. But I, I, I don't. The the brawls in Hearthstone have always been fairly opaque to me. That's why I kind of like really got into the the uh, mercenary mode, just because it was mm-hmm. I, everybody was just as ignorant as I was. So I was coming into it cold, uh, mm-hmm. whereas I I don't. The brawls have always been like i don't know what's going on here i'm just gonna continue to not play this game that i don't understand awesome. uh, but something else i do want to mention um like i said the you know fractures and Alterac valley expansion is coming out we don't really have anything that much new to talk about it than the last time we talked about it um but it's going to be their big year long storyline ender because they do that with with Hearthstone. they sometimes have, yeah
2: sometimes they've had like these big year-long narratives but not all the time this time kind of every expansion has had a theme that's sort of culminating you had kind of a horde expansion and forged with the barons and you had an alliance expansion with united and stormwind and now we're going into the expansion where both of these two things clash in forged in altirac valley which is you know kind of themed around the alliance horde conflict for better or worse
0: so yeah, that that's coming up. I did want to mention something, although there's not a lot to it, and it was already mentioned before by other people, but uh Heroes of the Storm is getting a new PTR, which means there's gonna actually be some PTR, some changes to Heroes of the Storm. We're getting a patch and there's gonna be some new stuff, which is pretty cool. I'm I like it when Heroes of the Storm gets some some love because I feel like it was a really good game that didn't really get a chance to to take off. Like I feel like people were like, This is not generating the money we wanted it to and sort of cut it off at the knees before it could really find its footing. Um, I get why, because, you know, there were already some really big dogs in the uh, MOBA sphere. But nevertheless, I'm still kind of excited that there's going to be a new Heroes of the Storm PTR, and it, it looks to have some kind of kind of classic theme to it. Like, you know, there's a picture that's been datamined is the various, uh, I think that's the, you know, I keep forgetting Tychus, I think it's Tychus up front there.
2: <laughs> We yeah. we have patch notes for it and it's like hero updates and reworks. Um
0: and the heroes rework for Reghar, yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh apparently Brightwing is getting nerfed, which is terrible because Brightwing is perfect and precious, so
0: Yes, yeah, the most beautiful, delicate slaughter machine ever.
2: Yeah, but it's a beautiful Brightwing is a beautiful, delicate murder machine. Yeah. With, I, I, with I, pretty, yeah, with pretty rainbow colored wings. So you, you can't nerf Brightwing, that's just sad. Very sad. Well,
0: they're doing it. So strap <laughs> in guys, but um, I'm trying to get if there was anything else I wanted to bring up really fast before we moved on. Oh yeah. This is something that is mentioned that needs to be talked about really fast before we move on to doing some emails. Uh, Legion time walking and the mage tower are going to go live by the time we do our next podcast. It's not live yet, but by next week it will be live. Um, so unless you meant by our next podcast, <laughs> Our actual next podcast, which is a different thing than than Blizzard Watch, but I'm assuming you meant next Blizzard I, Watch. It'll be Tuesday.
2: Next, yeah, it'll be up on Tuesday. So yeah, so. It'll,
0: it'll be up by the time we're uh, recording the next one. I, I we've talked about them before, so I'm not going to go nuts about this, but I do think that this is one of the coolest things they've done in a while. Uh, I like that time walking isn't just bringing back dungeons, but it's bringing back something else that was like a major feature of the expansion. Um, I also like that they're doing you know uh, Mythic Plus in time walking that's cool as well but i i keep finding myself wondering like i'm gonna throw this out to you guys if you could think of a feature you'd like to see come back in time walking like the mage tower is for legion what would it be and what expansion would it be for
1: i don't really have an answer because they're already giving me what i asked for last time we talked about it which is the mage tower because i thought it was one of those <laughs> things that like people didn't get to experience and it's really really liz?
0: okay joe's copped out liz
2: <laughs> um you know, I I miss being able to do some of like the old phased storylines, like uh, not the classic stuff, but like in Mists of Pandaria, you had that whole, you know, this whole big storyline that, you know, phased the world around you and you can't play through that anymore. Like you can't, because like, like what I mean is if you, man, I'm saying this all wrong. Like
1: there are certain quests that no longer exist anymore because of yeah,
2: cataclysm, Yeah. Well, or or
1: other things that like they've been either removed from
0: the game or the dominance offensive operation yeah. shield wall changed the map. So once you went through those, you couldn't go back to the previous maps. Stuff like that,
2: and like no, like like the uh, the veil in Pandaria. It's like smashed. It doesn't. But then of oh, course yeah. you can you can go you can go back and forth with the phasing now, sort of. But you can't go back to where. Pandaria was new and perfect, and like revisit this whole thing.
0: See, for me, Pandaria is one of the two I would give. Um, mm-hmm. I would want I want scenarios from Pandaria to come back during Pen- Mr. Pandaria time walking. I think you should be able to queue up for them. They should run exactly like they did, except they should provide gear for like now, as opposed to, but you know, it could still look like the Pandaria gear did. And just I would do that. That would be my thing for for Mr. Pandaria. I would totally bring scenarios back, especially like the heroic ones. And just let people do scenarios. Because uh, that's one of the greatest things. They ever did for people. Who wanted to play DPS. And ended up having to wait. For dungeons to pop. Was You could queue mm-hmm. up for scenarios. And it would keep you in the queue. It wouldn't progress your queue. But it would keep you in it. So you didn't end up having to like, you know wait even longer. And that was one of the things I really loved about them. I thought it was great. Uh, even when I was tanking I liked it. Um, so that's what the first one I would bring back. Second is for Wrath of the Lich King time walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the battle for Undercity.
2: Oh yeah, because
0: mm-hmm. you can't do that anymore. Like you, you can kind of run up to it, you do the quests, and then it just kind of ends. Yeah, you can't because... go back in. So are, yeah. Wh-
2: hmm? What about something like the Gates of Anchorage, which are absolutely now yeah that would open, be great. and you can't experience that anymore.
0: Yeah, uh, you can't really. I, that would be interesting because we don't really have a classic time walking.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: But maybe we could get one. Because there are a lot of dungeons that you could make suddenly max level for time walking. Why not? You can time walk every other expansion. Why can't you time walk original WoW? Uh, so yeah, maybe we should do that. And and that wouldn't be the only one we could do. We could do the original Scourge invasion. Um,
2: yeah, all the invasions really are have come and gone. Yeah,
0: or we could do time walking um, Zul'Garub, and the they could bring back the bug with where you you can keep the d- disease on the pet. <clears throat> And then like unsummon the pet (laughs) and then resummon it in the middle of Orgamar, and like, ah, everything's dead. Yeah, it was, that was fun. Although maybe, maybe it would hit different now, now that I think about
2: Mm, it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a little different. It was also, you know, at the actual time, it was kind of uh, frustrating.
0: Well, plus it was frustrating. People, I remember when it happened and the CDC studied it and said, you know, this, this gives us really interesting things about pandemics. And people were like, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody would be that selfish and cruel in real life. Uh, if if yeah. there was a, if there was a if there was a camera doing the show, I would be staring into it right what, now.
1: What, what is the name of that song that they play on the office when they cut to that? I can't remember the name of it uh, <laughs> oh, Yeah, that that's that's what So yeah, but that's
0: I do, I do find <clears> that 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 aspect of new time walking that's coming in is really cool. I like I'm actually find myself thinking like for Battle for Azeroth, what would I want to see in time walking? I don't think we're gonna get Battle for Azeroth time walking like before whatever the next expansion is
2: not for a while
0: yeah but in terms of like what i would want to see that isn't like do i want to see um you know the, the island expeditions come back as a thing you can do like that, that that provides relevant rewards would that be something i want to see they've made it see so can solo the things and i think that that's quite frankly is it satisfies my itch to do them quite quite literally i don't have any more need to do them than that uh, just to, to do some farming for various transmog looks is all I'm really interested in. But I do think about it. Like, you know, is there anything like should they bring back the Warfronts? Would would you queue up for time walking Warfronts? Or would you be like, no, man, I ain't doing that. Like, I don't know. That's, that's I,
2: just- I, I feel like personally, I didn't have Warfronts when it was uh, when it was live. And of course, the one of the big reasons I suspect we wouldn't get Battle for Azeroth time walking anytime soon is that it's been recent enough that we remember doing it, and I mm-hmm. certainly have no nostalgia for it.
0: Yeah, that's that's completely fair. Um, I kind of did like them. Like I, yeah. I, I'm one of the people that liked Warfronts, but I understand why people didn't, because it was like <laughs> everything that's obnoxious about Alterac Valley with everything <laughs> that's obnoxious about PvE encounters. So it was like, wow, could, we, could you please do the objectives? It's not like there's anybody... If there's no honor to be farmed here, <laughs> couldn't you just do the objectives, please? A little, please, please? No, you're going to go gonna go look for that rare. Okay, that's that's great. Yeah, <sighs> a
2: good idea, but here we are.
0: Yeah, well, you know, the devil's always in the details. But mm-hmm. I think that pretty much covers our top stories for today, or at least okay. gives a good spattering. I want to throw this, get... Yeah, I was going to throw it yeah. over to you now.
2: Okay, yeah, before we get into questions, I want to tell you all that we are having a Patreon pledge drive where we are trying to encourage you all, our beautiful, wonderful listeners, to support us on Patreon because Patreon is really why the site exists and why the site can continue to exist. Your support matters so much to us. It lets us create content. It lets us make these great podcasts. I mean, hopefully you think it's a great podcast. If you're here listening, so I fingers crossed that you're enjoying yourself. Uh, it lets us make sure our writers are paid. It's it's all down to your support on Patreon. And, you know, even a dollar, two dollars really helps out. So I just want to remind you, the site is here because of Patreon, because of your support, because you are helping us out here. And uh we've kind of fallen below the support level that we are comfortable with. Uh, right now we are earning, I wrote this down earlier and I've already misplaced it. We are bringing in $4,117 a month, which is a little below our goal of $5,000 a month to support kind of standard site operations. And it's well below the 5,500 a month that we had to support our weekly lore watch podcast. So if you love these things, I would ask, please give us your support. If you can happy with having moral support, if you cannot support us financially, but really your support helps. It allows to help the site grow. And uh, we're going to be kind of reminding you of this for the next couple of weeks. And now I want to kind of thank the people who have started supporting us this week. Of course, this is only Tuesday when we're recording this. Uh, so there are, there are a few people I would like to send out. Thank yous to Hulk, Mike, Kay, Incalescent Productions, Bruno for all joining us as brand new supporters. And I want to thank Scott who signed up, who uh, bumped his support this week. So really Thank you all. You are why we are here. You are why the site exists. And if you can help support us, we really appreciate it. Like I said, even a dollar helps. And we have some cool rewards. Like if you jump in at our $3 level, you get early access to all of these podcasts. And you get the uncut version. So you can listen to all of us chat about uh, usually RPGs and tabletop and sometimes comic books and TV like a half hour before we get into the proper podcast. And at $5, you get an ads-free site experience, which I think is probably what most people want because ads are terrible, but uh, you can't have an internet without ads because they support everything else. Um, But thank you for your support, everyone. And if you have the cash, if you can, we really appreciate any cash you can throw our way. It helps keep the site going. So. Uh, that is all I have to bother you about today. <laughs> but yes. I will, I'll, I'll give you another reminder on our next podcast.
0: It's definitely something that we, we we don't, you don't love to do money stuff. No one loves that. But we definitely need to bring it up because it is so important to doing sites, doing shows like this, doing Lore Watch, doing Tavern Watch, which is now a thing we do at least once a month. Our various role playing games that we run, all that stuff is is made possible by you guys. So. If you can, please do. Uh that does absolutely something that helps us do the content we're doing, bring you the stuff we bring and, you. Um, and if so- you want
1: to have influence over like what we do in the future too, if you want us to do other things, that's how you that's how you can do it too. Right. Like if yeah. if we, we listen to our we Patreon supporters because they're the ones flipping the not that we don't listen to everybody. <laughs> um you know, like, and I'll call out. I'm gonna do this, and this is this is not on, on schedule or whatever. But I'm gonna do it anyway because it's human chat. Uh, Six thousand uh, allowed us at one point to do a whole bunch of one shot uh, adventures and role playing that actually allowed us to see that there was. Something there that allowed us to do things like Tavern Watch and allowed us to do an ongoing campaign. And if it wasn't for supporters like Six Thousand, we would never have been able to do that to try it and to make a pivot like that. Um, so you know, thank you, Six Thousand. Uh, you were you were instrumental in that. So
2: yeah, uh, thank you.
1: But yes, You're thank
2: saying? you for your support. And if you can throw us support, we appreciate it, and it helps us keep doing everything we do. Thank you, supporters. Thank you, listeners. You are why we are here.
0: And now, uh, we will now move to the part where I get you guys to ask us questions. Um, <laughs> if you have questions for the show, please send them to our email address, podcast at blizzardwatch.com, with the subject line, podcast to Blizzard Watch, so we know it's for the show. I'm going to be up front. I stole one sh- one of these from Joe this week. We had very le- much less questions than we usually do, so I apologize, Joe, but I had to do it. It's okay. Um, also, if you don't want to use emails... Uh, you can go to our Discord, and there's a Patron Q and Podcast Questions channel, which means that if you are a patron of this sh- of the you know our site, you get to ask us questions, and we look at them first. I went in there and got questions this week. I do that every week because you know again it's one of the things that we we like to provide for our patrons because our patrons make the show possible. Uh, but if you can't be a patron, we do understand. Uh, but please be a patron Uh, come on i have three cats um i'm I'm very cute anyway uh if you if you can't be a patron you can also go to our q questions channel and we do look there for questions as well um since matthew has gets lasers in his eyes every so often he didn't see very well and so i'm going to talk about myself in the third person and then i'm going to have joe and liz uh read the questions i think this week liz is going to start us off
2: please throwing me off by going back and forth here Uh, so, I've been thinking lately about the next expansion and what it might look like. With discussion around things like cross-faction play and potential Azeroth-based expansion, I had a couple of how-would-you-do-it thought exercises that I wanted to run by you. One, if some of the old world was revamped, where would you place some of Azeroth's current homeless races, such as the Night Elves and Forsaken? Two, if we do get cross-faction play, do you want to see any races potentially leaving the Alliance or Horde in the story? Keep up with the good lore from Roski on Proudmoore.
0: Who's going first? (laughs) Joe, you Hmm. feel like you can talk a lot? Yeah. Um,
1: Matt and I have talked about this on Lore Watch a bunch, and uh, I think we've talked about it here, too. There are a couple ideas that we floated around that I, I think I really like one night elves. It feels like a no brainer and I feel like they've already explained it story wise. Uh, but I think they just need to show it is that they've retreated to Hyjal. And because that mm-hmm. is essentially the it, there's a world tree sitting on top of it. Now it's regrowing. Um, there's this magical water that right there at the top of it and. Um, it is the highest point that they possibly can have in the entire zone, which means that it's the safest that they can have. Uh it's a lot easier to defend even than a, even when considering an island. Um <clears throat> And it was blessed at one point and uh, wasn't a renegade tree. So it makes sense that they would go there. And I think that they should start showing the night elves settling in there. That makes the most amount of sense. Uh, for the Forsaken, just give them andor, Just let them take it and make it into... Instead of an underground city, have it be Stormwind Light. Have it be the forsaken version of a thriving community where they have above ground like houses instead of crypts, where they, you know, have an auction house, where they have markets and stuff like show them, for lack of a better term, being human. Cause I don't know how else to say it. Like let them have that moment where they can be normal. Because that was one of the things that always struck me as is. is is odd when you really think about it. Like, think about all of the the races on, on both sides. Dwarves living in the mountain, okay, but they still had a bunch of their main settlements outside. And the Undead did too, to a certain, or the Forsaken did to a certain, a certain extent, but still, Undercity, the main hub of it was a city underneath a dead, a dead city. And that sounds cool, but let them grow, let them evolve. And I think that would be a really cool way of doing it. Just give them Anderhal. Let, let them establish a base there. Let them establish a society there. And I, I th- that's that's my uh, two solutions for number one. So I will pass
0: it over so I can Liz, you want it? Uh,
2: well, I would just wonder about the other races. What about the Worgen, who were, had kind of have an encampment in Teldrassil? I, you know, I don't know where a good fit for them would be because they're kind of, they always had a, uh, you know, a basic kind of human-esque theme as far as their visuals and how they lived, but they just don't quite have a place and they don't, you know, you have Greymane, who's in Stormwind these days, but none of the other that are there. They've all been off in Teldrassil, so what's happened? Are they all dead? Uh, are they moving to Stormwind? Or are they going to settle down out there or what? Um,
1: let them take back Illinaeus, dang it.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think it would be interesting to take back some of these lost spaces. Uh, anyone who has known me for a while knows that I love gnomes, and they do at least have their own space now. They are no longer living completely in a small sector of Ironforge. But their space is like an outdoor camp with a couple of buildings. Because they still have not retaken nomergon Not, you know, in a proper way. They're kind of sitting outside, but, um, so yeah, let's just, let's do it. Let's retake Nomergon. We have the technology. The game can be phased in a way where you could still have it as a dungeon. But you could also build it into a super cool capital city for gnomes. So I'm really into that idea. I well, like they, the idea of retaking, retaking Gilneas and, uh,
1: aren't the gnomes
0: resettling in Mechagon according to the story though? I'm, oh, I'm going to touch, touch on this.
2: Yeah. Go for it. I didn't know that.
0: <clears throat> All right. Here's the, here's what Matt thinks. I, okay. I know I'm still talking about myself in third person. I am. Matt. <laughs> but first off, the first thing I would do is I would create the next expansion. There would be a new, Azeroth to go to it would still be the, the same Azeroth in terms of the world that you're going to but there would be a new map and I would completely separate it out from the leveling experience Azeroth so that they could be changes on a broad scale and you wouldn't have to worry about putting them into the original you don't have to actually redesign it you design this stuff up from scratch and the first thing I do is there's now a completely taken you know completely conquered completely resettled Gnomereganh with a tunnel to Mechagon. Huh. They can build big tunnels. They done it before. Big tunnel from Gnomeregond to Mechagon. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first one. You now have this like gnome presence on these two cities. That would be the first thing. The next thing is, yes, the worgen take back Gilnaeus and Silverpine. That's now Gilnaeus again. Because Silverpine wasn't part of Lordaeron. Silverpine was Gilnaeus. Yeah, and yeah, they, they, they they abandoned it to build the wall because that was the only place they could build it and actually you know hold up. So they sacrificed like a good chunk of the of their kingdom. They now reclaim it. That's all Worgen territory now. The Forsaken, yeah, they get Anderhal back. They take Anderhal, but they also start recolonizing Terracefall because yes, the plague that that was used to destroy the area of Lordaeron was, was super deadly, and the Alliance burned a whole bunch of the place going in, but. These are the, the Forsaken are the best alchemists around. They know how to deal with the plague. And we just went to Maldraxxus, where you learn even more about that kind of thing. They come back with that knowledge, and they start slowly reclaiming Terrasfall. Maybe they don't go back to Lordaeron, because, you know, that place, bad memories. We had to run away from it. Having our city entirely underground was a terrible idea. We nearly got trapped in it. Not doing that again. But they do reclaim Terrasfall. They do start to take back their place in the world. The dwarves have finally unified, so all three dwarven kingdoms are now part of the Council of Three Hammers. There's no more. There's you know, Blackrock Depths is now a, it's a functioning city. It is equal to both uh, Grim Batal, which has also been reclaimed, and Ironforge. I want. The next, if they were, if I was designing the next expansion, if I was giving blanche, I want an Azeroth that feels like it has come through all this stuff that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. Maybe not; it's not perfect, and there's still threats. But it's we've we've fought all these battles, we've done all this stuff, and now the world has changed. So Ironforge isn't the only real dwarven city anymore. There's now Grim Batal and and Blackrock Depths, and yeah, you're still kind of fighting the Black Dragonflight. In Blackrock Depths, but the Black Dragon Flight is now mostly it's Ratheon and, and Evanhorn. They're the guys in charge, really. Who mm-hmm. else is in charge? So now the Black Dragons are still like we, we're keeping this, and there's some friction, but it's not outright war. And nobody is like nobody wants it to be war. Nobody wants to fight the black dragons because there's not really any point. They've they've helped a couple of times now. They stopped, they helped stop the old gods. They're they've got a presence mm-hmm. and they're helping to rebuild whatever the dragon plates are going to be. Humans are are reclaiming their kingdoms. Um, Just like the orcs, like orcs will be taking back places that were orc that they were kind of losing. Like, you know, they were having problems with the barons. Now the whole barons, both North and South will belong to the Horde again. The orcs have retaken them. Like you see that as the Alliance and Horde have tried to reach a detente, they start pulling back from stuff. Here's my most controversial idea. Colteris takes back Theramore. Mm Mm-hmm because Jane is not going to let it end that way for the city that she founded, And she goes back there and she cleans it up. And it's, it's a colony of, of Kul now because she's the, she's the Lord Admiral of Kul So why wouldn't it be? It's their base on Kalimdor with the night elves doing, what you, I'm, I'm down with what Joe said for the night elves, by the way, um, with the night elves, basically doing that with the worgen claiming big chunks of, of the Eastern kingdoms, this becomes the alliance's main hub to keep the uh, various nations of the alliance, you know, unified because they've got territory all over the place. At the same time, they also have to keep track of the fact that the the blood elves and the the nightborn have basically created a power block, and they they're you know between the the broken isles and the north of the eastern kingdoms, that's a big deal. Like they, they that's a a huge. Trade network that they're creating That's that's a thing to be watched And considered, and it also means that The Horde right now is probably the most Wide-flung power on Azeroth
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I especially mean, with the, fractured, the Fracturing of the Alliance
0: Yeah, well, I don't even mean that The Alliance may be fractured, but it's it's In terms of distance, you look at the Horde <clears throat> power structures, you've got Zandalar You've got the Broken Isles You've got Kalimdor You've got the Eastern Kingdoms They have major sor- centers on each of these the Alliance doesn't have anything on the Broken Isles. There's nothing on the Broken Isles that is the Alliance's, specifically. There's places where they have like little little towns and so forth, but they don't actually control anything except maybe Val'sharah. Because now, with Malfurion kind of you know weaponized against the Horde, the, the Night Elves are not down on this detente thing. We've seen that. If the Alliance can keep the Night Elves... Then the Night Elves would ha- would have Valshara to work as a base against them because the Scenarian Circle is controlled by Malfurion, and Malfurion does not like the Horde right now. Mm-hmm. And that's going to that's going to be interesting. Are we going to get Horde druids that are not in the Scenarian Circle? Are they going to be like respectfully Shando, We're not going to fight our own people. What what's going on with that? That's something I would also want to see. So my next expansion would literally be. People keep saying, when are we going to get World of Warcraft 2.0? I would do world of Warcraft 2.0 in world of Warcraft.
1: Yeah. I don't think, I don't think there needs to be a 2.0. I think <laughs> yeah. you just, you flip that would the be, script a little bit.
0: Yeah. That would be my next expansion for the game. It would literally be, you know, adventure in Azeroth again. Here's what it's like now. Like, here's what it's like after all that stuff you just did. This is what the country, you know, you've come back from the Shadowlands. This is the world now. And, you know, maybe, maybe do a time bump if you need to, to justify the changes. But yeah, like everybody would have a place. Like we would have, the trolls would have a place. The tauren have a place. Everyone would have their place. And that means you have something to defend and fight for. And you just, now you can do stories like you did in the original days when it's like, okay, for this patch, the, you know, this force is now threatening us and we have to deal with it And this patch. You know, suddenly these weird pirates and their steampunk ships showed up. We have to fight them. And you could do a breather expansion where it's not and one singular big bad that we have to fight all expansion long till we get to the end. It's the, this threat. Of, the threat of this patch is this.
1: The one thing too that I, that I would love to see, and I don't think we'll, I don't, we'll never see it. The the go to the second was asked in it is I personally would like to see all fans just completely dissolve. Um, where they're not necessarily all one united body and because it doesn't make sense right the the night elves leaving the uh alliance uh makes sense story-wise at least to a certain point because they were abandoned they feel like they were about to dry they don't agree with the choices that Anduin was making it makes total sense But the Gilneans, same thing. Like, you could have all these things where you have excuses for all these factions to say, we don't want to be a centralized war machine. We're just going to be ourselves and have trade agreements or whatever it is. So that, like, you can have Torin who, you know, interact with the Alliance more frequently for the cases... You can do something like that where it's not necessarily specifically alliance and horde anymore. Even the horde's sort of moving away from that structure where they have the the warlord, where they have the leader of the horde uh, doing that. And it's now a council, and it's more a meeting of people that have are trying to figure out how to do things in a mutually beneficial way. I'd almost rather see everything. Where it's it's now negotiations. It's now conversations between groups. It's now conversations between wolves. You know where Bane isn't necessarily. Uh, you know, shot on site, uh, just say, or speared on site. If you were to walk into Stormwind or something like where you could have more complex storytelling, and complex uh, racial storytelling. Because honestly, at this point, there's not a single race on Azeroth that doesn't have some mess that they need to clean up in their own backyard.
0: Yeah, that's fair. So I don't know if I don't know if we'd see that in the next expansion, but you could definitely start setting the the foundation for it. Yeah, I, one of the things I'd actually love to see in WoW is if they tried something like a world, like a United Nations or League of Nations, where there's a place where they can all go and just deal with each other as equals. And, you know, of course, almost, yeah. In, in the real world, that doesn't always work or even often work. But it's a nice idea to see them trying to pursue something other than constantly falling back into, oh, we're at war again. Like, why are we at war this time? Oh, God, what the heck? So, yeah, I'd, I'd definitely be down for that. But uh, I think we should move on to the next question, uh, which we Oh, go ahead, Liz, listen.
2: One thing that I think would be really cool with factions is to, maybe you don't get rid of the Alliance and Horde, but maybe you add to it. Maybe you add these factions like the Scenarian Circle, like the Argent Crusade that are like neutral factions that take both sides that you could, that you could join. And maybe that's an addition to being a member of the Alliance and Horde, but you have this kind of task folk focused or, you know, ideal-focused. You have a certain theme for these little factions, and this adds kind of a new element where you aren't all about faction war. The Cenarion Circle doesn't care about the faction war, necessarily. I mean, we'll see what happens with Malfurion, but, you know, you have night elf druids, you have tauren druids, you have these people focused on, the, on nature, on the earth, on Azeroth. And... Um, I think it'd be cool to kind of go in this different direction and pick, like you pick a theme, you decide what kind of theme your character wants to do. Like one of the things I really enjoyed in Legion was having these class halls where we got to hang out with every member of our class. And we had kind of this specific theme and focus and this cool little area that was just ours. And I, th- I think that's a really cool idea to open that up and have not necessarily get rid of factions, but add factions and factions that you can choose to join or choose not to join. Yeah. It's n- it
0: could be cut something along the lines of what we're seeing in, in shadowlands with the covenants. covenants. Yeah. But, yeah. But, yeah. You, but your point is interesting, like about how the scenario circle and the Argent crusade or Argent dawn or whichever one you want to use that they could serve as kind of neutral factions. You could also have like straight up splinter factions. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the things you could have is, you know, we were talking about this before, like there could be people who are like the void elves are are an allied race. They're a race that Mm -hmm. you play, but they could also be like a group of, of elves in general who are like, I don't, we don't want to fight other elves. We don't want to, we don't care about this whole horde (laughs) Alliance thing. We want to go be elves together. We want to like build a culture that embraces our differences and is about being all of us are descendants from the same people. Why can't Mm -hmm. we come together? And you could have that. That that's one of the things you could actually have on the Broken Isles because there's places there where they could all come together, and that would be kind of cool. Like you know, just as just as you know, blue skying this, yeah. So yeah, that we I think that's pretty neat actually. But uh, at this point, yeah, we're getting kind of late. So Joe, sure. <laughs>
1: Hello, watchers. I just finished listening to the Blizzard Watch podcast number 247, in which you talked about player housing. In this instance, I have to unfortunately disagree with Joe that player housing could be a technical challenge. Blizzard has shown us that they can handle one instance per player with the farm in Mists of Pandaria and with the garrison Warlord. I believe that in this case, the issue is that Blizzard believes that every feature needs to have a gameplay element and that they cannot think of a way to make it part of the game without making central uh, central to like garrisons were. I think Blizzard has yet to understand that when it comes to games, some people just like to collect pretty things, and personalize their space in them. So my questions are: Do you think player housing should have gameplay elements? If so, do you think what do you think would be good ones? What would give longevity to player housing so that it doesn't go on expand? Uh, and this is from Winterwolf
0: before before joe says anything i want to point out joe was saying that it is not something they can just bring in during some like an expansion that's already been made he wasn't saying they can't design an expansion around it
1: i also didn't say that it was that the, the advantage could never be overcome i pointed out i just want to make sure that this is clear it is a technical challenge because you are essentially bolting on something new to the game um Sorry, and and not to jump in there.
0: um, No, but I um, I understand what you wanted.
1: And it's it's just one of those things where, like the 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 examples you lay out there are one instance that you can't change. You can change certain things, but those are assets that are predetermined. And if you compare it to something that people want, like the player housing in City Heroes, Final Fantasy fourteen, WildStar, you could go to different plots, and what you would see from one person's uh, perspective to the other is wildly different. And like, so I understand what you're saying. And I think they could design an entire uh, expansion around it, but I'm, I don't know. I don't know how easy, it-
0: but, but now that we've we gotten that out of the way, here is my idea for this, because I've got an idea for this. And I love it. And I, I think you'd have to limit it to the next expansion. You would make this a next expansion thing, but here's my idea. Every dungeon and raid in the next expansion has a feature called conquest where you don't just go to the raid and kill all the bosses, you have to do something else to conquer it. And when you've unlocked it, you can now use that dungeon or raid instance as your player housing. (laughs) Like a guild house. And your guild can can do all sorts of customization in there, and everybody has a room in there that they they can do anything they want with the room, and it's kind of like your guild stronghold. And you can do any of them, but... Once you've done them, you, you, once your guild has picked one, that's your one for the expansion. And unfortunately, this wouldn't go back to other stuff. Like My original idea for this was to be able to do it in any Raider dungeon, but I think that that would be the kind of thing they'd have to go back and re-engineer, and it would take a lot of time. But that's my thing. That's my gameplay loop for this. You actually make it part of the story of the expansion that your players are coming into these places full of like nasty people who need to be stopped, and you're stopping them. And then, you know, I always thought this one way. I remember the first time we did Blackwing Lair, I was like, why do we just leave? Like, we just killed Nefarian. This place is ours. Why are we not staying here? We could live right on top of Black Rock Mountain, could put a big flag up and tell everyone we're here. Why do we leave? I don't understand it. And I mean, granted, having done that, then we would have the problem of, okay, now we have to go down into, into Blackrock, Blackwing Descent because there's... there's more stuff down there that we have to get out because otherwise they're going to keep coming up through our stuff and that's not good but still you, you know what i'm saying that that's always been my thing i've always thought that would be really cool that's my idea for the gameplay element that's for the good one and that's how i think it would have longevity because since we're talking about it being the next expansion and i've already theorized i'd like the next expansion to be an azeroth expansion you could use the art assets for all those raids and dungeons like you imagine being able to reclaim stratholme you can actually reclaim Stratholm and make it a, like a, a settlement again. Your guild is now running Stratholm. You've cleaned out all the undead. You've cleaned out all the, the bad stuff. And now Stratholm is viable again. Like that would be really cool in my opinion. Uh, either of you guys want to gut one for this? I'll I let think I'll it's, Liz go first.
2: It's transmog, but for architecture. You want to make cool, pretty things. You want to show them off. And that's it. It's transmog for architecture. I don't think it has to be a big gameplay thing. I think Matt's idea is super amazing, and I would be all in for that, but I don't think it has to be a game, a big gameplay feature. I think you can add, and it could be really cool and fun without being a huge gameplay thing. Like, I I mean, it's exactly like transmog. People want to have their own things to customize. People want to have areas that look cool and things that are theirs and things that are unique. And I think that's enough. I think that's enough. I think Blizzard just has to understand that not everything in the game needs to be a big gameplay impacting thing. You can do things like this, like the farm on Pandaria, like pet battles that are just there and fun things. You can collect pets and,
1: the farm, the farm on Pandaria tri- served a resource purpose, kind of like the Garrison. Uh, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I th- that's true. But you're on the. I think you're on the right, path. and I think I agree with you that I, I think that's sort of the point that needs to be established with this stuff too. Is it doesn't have to have a gameplay element to be enjoyable. And there's there's a saying in my play group locally that we say that sometimes you can have too much value, um, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's it's. it's from a Magic the Gathering thing where you're like, yeah, you could draw all 199 cards in your commander deck. Is it the right play, right? You could have all that value, but why would you? And with this, it, it Wildstar proved that you don't have to have crazy gameplay elements in order to make it work. You could just have, do a dungeon, get a chair, and people would run that dungeon until they got the chair because they wanted the chair. You can. I would
2: totally do that. I would totally do that. Confirmed.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people did that. A lot of people would have groups. Like, I remember on the Wildstar forums and on Twitter and and, and stuff like that, you you would have, like, these groups organizing to go after specific content for not because they wanted loot, not because, or or loot, like, for, like, gameplay purposes. They don't want to make their characters stronger. They wanted the stupid housing elements. And I'm saying stupid in air quotes. But people will do that. And player housing becomes... An engagement generator, and I think once game companies and developers start to realize that, you'll see it more frequently. If you give players a place to just exist, where they can make it their own, they're going to do whatever they can to play other parts of the game to get stuff to bring back home. If you tell me I could take a piece of off and shove it on my wall in my home, I'm going to do it. If you tell me that I could take one of uh, of uh, Kalthas's little like Fell orbs and put it on my coffee table, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Like those will make me run old content just like transmog does. It'll make me run new content just like gearing does. But for something that doesn't necessarily have to have a game, uh, a game benefit.
0: Heck imagine the pet (laughs) stables you could have.
1: Yeah. The pet (laughs) hundred hundred. Like seriously, like I remember when garrisons came out, you could have stables and it wasn't what we thought it was, but like everybody expected it just to be a place where you could just have all of your mounts showing up. And I think you had like five of your mounts would randomly like be in there and it was super cool. It was super neat, Uh, or the one with the hunter pets. Like you could have like a couple of them in there. It's it's one of those things where it it one hundred percent generates its own gameplay loop. Just by it doesn't have to have value. It doesn't have to produce food for cooking. It doesn't have to produce. Uh, herbs for for alchemy doesn't have to produce ore for for jewel crafting doesn't have to do any of that it just has to be there be pretty and let players express themselves that's all it needs to do and I think once once everybody comes to that conclusion you'll see it more freely and it may be something that they put in later on down the line and in fact I I really hope they do because there are so many cool places that you could have something the mats currently if you're watching the stream live mats in Dalaran there's a parlor at the top of the main spire (laughs) <laughs> Where like, you can go and just hang out. And I think mages were able to hang out there for a while. It was super fun. It was super cool. I would fly up and crash that place as my hunter. Because I could. But like you just give players places to go to build stuff and to personalize it. They're going to do it. That's your gameplay loop. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you
0: sorry? We're supposed to be talking about this. <laughs>
1: <'Cause> I, <laughs> I'm I kinda, sorry I spoke. Well, because I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, I think I, 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 in my
0: brain, I over. Um. That's fine. Don't worry about it. But uh, I think we are done. Unfortunately, we can't get through all the questions because we talk a lot. But hey, that means we'll have them next week. And, so yeah. And if
2: we if we started on this next question, that would be a half hour
0: easily yeah easily. yeah they're, yeah they're and, I, and nice. I need
1: to get yeah. some tea with some lemon in me soon so i'm gonna go ahead and read this <laughs> outro <clears throat> so blizzard watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads-free site experience uh, and as always we just want to make sure that you know uh, we still stand with all the folks at, at uh, Activision Blizzard that are demanding tomorrow in a safer work and some form of equality. Come on, it's been it's been too long. Let's let's just get it done. Come on, folks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um thank you guys for listening. Um gonna mention again our Patreon that Joe just mentioned, because Patreon is how we support the site, it's how we do all the stuff that we do. So please, if you can consider, you know, just throwing us a couple bucks a month. It really does help this has been the blizzard watch podcast if you've got a question for the podcast you can send it to us via podcast at blizzardwatch.com or you can use our discord server with the uh, Patreon Q and podcast questions channel or the Q questions channel Uh, thank you guys so much for being here and for supporting the site over the years it really means it means everything to us because it is as liz herself said it is why we're here so thank you guys Uh, we'll be back next week